Greetings, and welcome to Beetle Stuffology, where two old friends sit about and talk BS, Beetle Stuff, on a track-by-track -track basis, pretty much for the sake of it. My name is JG McQuarrie, and I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Deacon. Say hi, Andrew. Hello. How are you in this period between Christmas Day and New Year? I am all right, thank you. I'm sure that we have both managed to survive Christmas absolutely fine. Um, and we are getting ready for a, a doubtless brilliant and uh, unspeakably wonderful 2024. Well, there is. And, and again, just like last episode, folks, we are recording this ahead of time. And in fact, we we are recording it just after we recorded the last episode, even though there were a couple of weeks between recording it and it being released. So therefore, it's about nearly a month after. You, you get the idea um, that there is a link between where I'm spending Christmas and the song we're going to discuss today. Maha, let's see if you can work out that one. Excellent. Good. Well, the song that we are, <laughs> the song that we are working uh, our way through today is uh, Words of Love. So we're on site two of Beatles for Sale. Uh, we are in Coverland territory and we are rubbing up against uh, the right honourable Mr. Buddy Holly. So, yeah, let's get let's get the initial thoughts out of the way first. How do you find uh, Words of Love? Um. Right. Okay. You, that was a you, long pause for no reaction. I, I think it is an appropriately anticlimactic cover um, for this period between Christmas and New Year. I, I think if we were talking about one of those those sort of really uplifting, wonderful songs uh, and covers, then then I'm not quite sure it would fit because I, I sort of feel that this is a a bit of a hinterland, a bit of a liminal space, and and as a result, we should be talking about things that are a bit kind of yeah quite nice really um and and i think some of that is down to how i perceived buddy holly growing up i think because actually words of love is a really really good song it is a good song but it's just not how i perceive buddy holly growing up and this is a very straightforward cover of that song it is in that tradition of, of quite a few of these Beatles covers where they just take it, play it, um, and 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 that's it. They they can do it quickly in the studio. They can really knock it out quickly to add another number to the album because they know it so so well. Um, and that's because I suppose they were absolutely massive fans of of Buddy Holly, like they were massive fans of Carl Perkins and Little Richard, and and so on. You can sort of see the influence and i suppose the influence i'd say there's a couple of influences that you can directly see on the beatles from um from buddy holly one is the, in this song in particular um buddy holly's at the time innovative use of double tracking um which was certainly was the first time he did it but it was a very very rare thing uh, at the time so on his version he is harmonizing with himself um and the other thing you're going to have to come back to because I've, I've got so into that point that I've forgotten what the second one was. Oh, I've All got right. it. Sorry, no, I'm okay. back. I'm back. It's, it's the um, it's the bland salutations of love, uh, and um, <laughs> because because it is it's yeah yeah and and I'm sort of quite struck by that at the moment because again we are recording this on the second of December and on the first of December it was announced that that Shane McGowan formerly the lead singer of the, of the Pogues, died. Now, I'm a massive fan of the Pogues. 
Um, I really like the um, Advice Your Fall from Grace of God album. Turkish Song of the Damned in particular is so unusual and fantastic. It really stands out. The, the album um, um, opener itself, the titular Advice Your Fall from the Grace of God, is, is absolutely phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of, of the last album he was on, Hell's Ditch. There are some almighty tunes on there and some really fascinating lyrics. There's one that uses the word Wally in a way that I've never heard on, on a record before, but it is just so incredible. But listening to that reminded me of just how bland, um, deliberately, perhaps necessarily, a lot of Beatles lyrics at this time actually are. I sort of put that um, in contrast. So, you know, Shane McGowan, God bless him, or God bless God, um, you know, if you believe that's where he's gone, absolutely phenomenal songwriter um and a pretty good poet as well i don't know if you remember were you with me uh jg when we were we were stewarding at the flower in, in finsbury park when I the certainly was were playing but not with um shane mcgowan but with joe strummer yes I do. I do remember that and i can remember kind of a crushing sense of disappointment um not that joe strummer wasn't some sort of amazing musician and singer, but it just didn't sound right because it wasn't Shane McGowan. Um, and, you know, listeners of this podcast, dear listener, you will know that I'm often quite mean about John Lennon singing. And yet I am a fan of singers like Billy Bragg and Shane McGowan, who are not classical singers, but they work. They really work their songs. Um, it just sort of fits. And, and Shane McGowan was very much like that. Um yeah, so somehow try and find a way to weave back to words of love. Um, and I certainly think this is a decent um, vocal performance on here by both Lennon and McCartney, and the harmonies do sort of work, and it is quite interesting how Buddy Holly was double-tracking himself, but here we do get the two of them trying to replicate what he was doing, and it's it's reasonably successful. Reasonably successful. The glowing recommendation yeah. that everybody hopes for. I, think, I, I mean, I you're think... not wrong, though. You're not. You're not wrong. Uh, it, it's. It's a pretty. It's a fairly slight piece of work, I think, uh, in terms of uh, the song as a cover version, because it is so faithfully reproducing what the original does. Um, the original is fine. I can't claim to be a massive um, Buddy Holly fan. I I appreciate him. I suppose. And I understand, you know, historical context and all that kind of stuff and why he was important to a lot of people, um, particularly the idea that you could be a successful musician and, you know, look like that. It's such a cliche to say, but, you know, it, 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 it was a thing. And you just didn't really get pop stars that looked like that in America in in uh, in that period of time. So, I, 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 yeah, I, I appreciate Buddy Holly, but I'm not a really big fan but this is a good song again it's three cards in it it's a lot to squeeze out of three cards but it, it works really well it's sweet it's 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 slight but charming and there's a nice there's a nice kind of a nice sense that this is a song which is what's the right expression for it lived in i suppose I, I, it feels lived in the beatles version like you were saying like you know there's so many songs that we've discussed particularly in the context of of beatles for sale where they're clearly just getting through it like they they, they you know there's a lot of songs here that they're familiar with that they can work out you know it's a lot of cover versions here 
and they just uh, they just knock them out to get it done, and there's not necessarily a huge amount of investment. This will not be the last time this sentiment comes up on this podcast for this album. But there's something about the way that they do Words of Love that I think is very... It it doesn't feel sort of like it's workaday. It doesn't feel like it's just knocking it out to get it done. It's only it's only two takes plus a vocal overdub. It's it's not a lot. It's not one that they needed to put a lot of time into because, like you said, they could just do it. But it's I don't know. If it, it feels like it it matters to them a little bit more than oh I don't know. Pick a random cover version that isn't Kansas City on this album that. I, Honey, don't. Oh, uh, right. Uh, yeah, let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely out with that, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think the whole Buddy Holly thing is is worth is, is worth diving into a little bit because context is so important, isn't it? That we regard him perhaps in, from you know growing up in the the seventies and eighties as as being quite monochrome and obviously was monochrome in the sense that, that all the footage is is black and white and a lot of photography is black and white and it was in the black and white era if you like um but he was pretty innovative compared to a lot of the things that were going on you can sort of see the appeal even though it's harder as you know from a distance because of the um you know the the relatively primitive nature of of some, especially some of the the earlier productions. But I, I think that that words of love is is interesting. It kind of feels like it should be late era. I mean, I realise that late era is is a weird thing to say about Buddy Holly, whose recording career was was so condensed. But he recorded it, um, you know, roughly at a similar time, and was released roughly at a similar time to that will be the day. And oh boy, which are more kind of, you know, raucous. Actually, interestingly, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how how true it is, but um, was listening to what it purports to be the Quarrymen, um, the Quarrymen's first recording. I don't know how many they actually did, um, and it's a cover of that'll be the day. Um, and if that is. You know, certainly if that is a genuine thing that I was listening to and not some AI concoction, it's it pretty I mean the I think the um the the singing is pretty good. You know, John does a really good job on it. The nature of the recording means you cannot hear um anything that the the drummer at the time was doing. Um there's a pretty good guitar solo on it, and George would have been part of the band by that stage. Um, so this, it, it's sort of interesting that, that that exists. And then for this, they chose to have words of love. I wonder if that was mostly because of the, the vocal harmonies. But, you know, my, my dad didn't have that many pop uh, records, but he did like Buddy Holly. <clears throat> that, of course, is not necessarily something that, that would have endeared himself, endeared Buddy Holly to me growing up. But also the look just didn't sit very well it felt very kind of bland um and at that particular point you know late 70s early 80s mid 80s those glasses were not fashionable they really weren't glasses as someone who wore um what i shall quote unquote call mhs specs 
um, at school and, and know the reaction of, of other school children, um, yeah, I, I'm sort of thinking, right, okay, this is not a, a hip and happening look. Um, so these were the glasses that were available for free on the, uh, the National Health Service. You didn't get much choice. I think it was either brown or, or black, but they, they looked like Buddy Holly. Ooby doo, I look just like Buddy Holly. And that, that kind of is, is slightly off-putting, and I can't quite get past the fact that I know it's good. I appreciate the fact it is a good song, but I just can't love it. Uh oh, oh, and you're Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, I um, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, it, it's a hard one to find much enthusiasm for. Uh, yeah, certainly that that sort of nerdy kind of geeky look. I mean, that doesn't really become um sort of mainstream until at least the mid 90s and, and and maybe even later than that so there is that that weird contrast at that period of time um but then that's not you know that's not untrue of when holly was around himself you know that wasn't a look that was that was likely to endear him to anyone and yet you know he got away with it um so you know sometimes counter programming works I mean, but sometimes sometimes the original is is the best version and well yes i think that's probably fair to say in terms of this song as well uh for all that i like the beatles version i don't think there's any i, I personally don't have any doubt that, that holly's version is superior but not by much because there's not that much difference between them it's just that it's been done by the guy that that yeah. wrote it not not you know the, the people that are covering it but there's the, the difference is is pretty minimal but sometimes um a, a more recent version can be better let me give you an example one you might appreciate did you know that there was before samuel l jackson a nick fury movie did you know that I'm vague. That does ring a vague bell, but don't ask me anything about it because I can't go. I can't go any further than that. We have two very, very interesting things about it. One is who played Nick Fury. Give you a hint. Doesn't look anything like Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Okay. Right. So it's the man who brought down the Berlin Wall himself. Oh, David, David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. Wow. <laughs> and, and that's a, that's you, a choice. I know. Can I give you something even more bizarre? The, the person who directed it in his his credits also has the an, an American listeners. I know we 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 have quite a few American listeners, especially more than, than compared to British and Australian. Um just Google this, okay. Um he has in his directing arsenal the episode of Neighbours in which Kylie and Jason get married. Wow, that's <laughs> That's range, that is. That's that's real, genuine range. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, phenomenal. Anyway, an, an example sometimes of how you can get it right second time, um, but I don't think that that's the case. That's definitely not the case. No, yeah. no. And yeah. yeah, you know, it's... it's... <laughs> I mean, if we're pondering on why this particular Buddy Holly song was chosen rather than something like that'll be the day it, it is going back to that thing which we've we've mentioned many times so again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna linger on this too long but it's it's the variety angle there isn't really another song which is i guess maybe i'll follow the sun is kind of in the the same sort of neck of the woods but i'll follow the sun is it kind of undercuts itself the lyrics a bit cleverer than than uh words of love um, it's a little bit smartly, a little bit more smartly assembled. Is that a good sentence? I don't think it probably is, but you know what I mean. Um, 
but there isn't much in the way of uh, similar material to to this on the album so if you're going to still be working towards the album as a kind of smorgasbord of 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 variety then you know maybe something like that'll be the day or or uh i don't know peggy sue or something like that wouldn't wouldn't quite have the same it wouldn't add as much variety to the album as, as Words of Love does. It's, 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 is that it's a reach? Just, just saying, is Smorgasbord a variety tautology? Oh, yeah, of course it is. Okay. Well, as long as you're aware of it and you're owning well, it. Or I suppose you could have multiple smorgasbords, in which case you could have a smorgasbord of variety. Or a variety of smorgasbords. That would also work too. Okay. However, this has been just... Linguist's Corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yes, it doesn't take away from the point. Whatever it was the point you were making, I don't know. I got too fixated on on your your smorgasbord um, analogy, uh, and therein. But yeah, I'm certainly. But then following this with honey, don't. Uh, I think we're we're in a bit of a lull here. I and, think that's fair. And remember, we are we are acknowledging the fact, Buddy Holly, musical genius. Um, you know, bef just before he died, Buddy Holly was starting to really innovate and and start to do things in the studio that that people weren't really doing with pop and the whole sort of orchestration um, element of it. Who knows what he would have gone on to done? That's something that um, Bob Stanley points out in his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was cut short, and um, you know, he might have gone on. Of course, he might have gone on and just been you know absolutely pants after that. Um, I'm not sure that Bob Stanley would use that word, but of course there was the potential for him to really develop and blossom. Um, but he also makes a point without Buddy Holly, who knows what those English beat groups would have been like. So, you know, he it is innovative. He is an incredible artist. This is a good song. It's just that with everything else that the Beatles are doing, to have had in you know, in a run of about four or five songs on this album, you know, Mr. Moonlight, Words of Love, and then Honey Don't, just feels a bit like you're saying, we haven't got enough ideas. Yeah, there's, there, there's definitely a sense of, of running out of steam. And whilst, you know, being able to, like I said, I, I like this cover version because it feels uh, lived in, and that is nice. But yeah, that's in isolation. As part of a run of songs, it takes on a different cadence. And you know, obviously, we'll speak more about this when we do our our episode on the whole album. But it it does, yeah. The the, the momentum is, is 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 it's it's sagging a little bit here. Yeah. Do you realise we've got through um, nearly two episodes, and you haven't used one of your key phrases like Ringo does a really good job on this song. Um, or he's doing some great work on this song. There isn't really much to, to say about that on this, is there? Not really. Um, I don't have... I mean, in terms of the musicianship, I don't really have much to say on this song at all because it's all... All right, it's fine. It's, it's uh, Jobs are good. Uh, yeah. But this... It... Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, I, I agree with you there. And I think that a lot of that comes down to, um, for me, the um, the guitar sound. I think the guitar sound is particularly weedy on this um but you could almost sort of say that you you could sort of take this guitar sound and then throw it forward to some of the guitar sounds that george harrison makes towards the very end of the beatles career and see that there's kind of a similarity but truth be told i'm not a massive fan of some of those those sounds either but um 
Yeah, you might want to edit that bit out. Um, no, I don't think I will edit that bit um, out. I think yeah. I'll I'll leave your opinions hmm, to stand. A Beatles fan who doesn't really like the sound of the guitars or the sound of John Lennon's voice. Hmm, what kind of Beatles fan are you? Not quite what I'm trying to say, but it does feel like it. Okay, well, if I'm going to make myself unpopular with, with Beatles fans, I'm going to make myself really unpopular. And there is a cover version of this song that I'm not going to say it's better because I don't think it is overall better, but it has a more effective element because it has a more prominent drum and rhythm track and it adds a little more beef to it than the Beatles version. Ooh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say it's on a Be- uh, Buddy Holly tribute album and it's it's faithful. It's just as faithful as the Beatles one is with the exception of a little bit more oomph in the rhythm track. And no, don't make me say it. Don't make come me on, say come it. Come on, come on. You, you've, dug, you've dug Lynn. the hole. You might it's as well Jeff jump Lynn. in. <laughs> you I just bastard. said something vaguely positive about Jeff Lynn. How oh. you? How, get out of this. Get out of oh. my podcast. It, look, it's, it's only just the... It's, been, it's a very, very obvious Jeff Lynn rhythm track. Um, it, it just kind of struck me that if, if perhaps there had been a bit more oomph in the Beatles version we might be talking about it in a different way but it's just a bit sort of sparse and empty and and as a result I mean it that sort of mimics quite a lot of the early production of um and of Buddy Holly songs many of which were recorded in a place called Clovis which is in New Mexico um, which is where you're going which is where I will be spending another Christmas um, although, in fairness, I mean, it's a, it's a geographically, it's it's a it is a big state, and it is right over on the the Texas side. I mean, it's literally just over the border from from Texas. Um, but um, yeah, we will be right over the other side, over the Arizona side. But yeah, it's an interesting little kind of tidbit that that that, that I like. But um, there is another um, another cover version. Um, which I thought was quite interesting, and it's it's a solo acoustic version, in which the singer sits on a um, a hay bale in in a barn. It's by a um, relatively um, unknown artist, uh, a Mr. J. P. McCartney, 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 something like that. It's quite sweet, actually, and and it does show that this song does work with one person singing it and you kind of wish that again maybe they he tried that 20 30 years earlier there we go there you go paul mccartney covering the beatles covering buddy holly it's all one big meta circle yeah i nearly said it's like interception and then just before i said that i realized interception is not the name of the film no 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 it is not um you know earlier earlier on we were talking about um the fact that this album is is kind of r- running out of steam. <laughs> Go on. Can you guess where I'm going with this? <laughs> are, you, are you suggesting that after just over twenty minutes that, that you and I are running out of steam on on words of love? That's very perceptive of you. Whisper in my ear, words you long to hear. Was it? Words yeah. Okay. Like, if, if we're put it, patting the episode out by us just seeing it, then we've definitely reached the end of the line. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I. I think so. end of the line. Ooh. Yeah. 
Travelling Wilbur's reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got to slip in a little bit of the old Wilburys there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit more Jeff Lynn. That's what our listeners yeah. love, isn't it? A little bit of Jeff yeah. Lynn. Lovely. Yeah, okay. Five out of ten, right. Okay. Five out of ten. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Um, Very much on a par with, with some of those other, um, you know, like rock and roll music and Please Mr. Postman and Roll Over Beethoven. Um, There's fine. Perfectly functional. Um, Good. Job done. Move on. Uh, let's get stuck into Carl Perkins. Hey. Uh, the last song I gave five to was a rock and roll music. And the song before that that I gave five to uh, you is can't You Can't Do That. Do that. Yeah. Which, which, but I think that was that was um, lyric related more than... Uh, yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But nevertheless, I'm also going to give it a five. I, I just don't really have... Uh, I don't have it in me to, to uh, push it any further than that. It's... it's right that's it it's fine uh we get ringo next so that's great yeah so apologies listeners if you were hoping for um a long episode to download in the gap between christmas and new year to tide you over um yeah sorry yeah yeah go go and listen to our episode on a hard day's night the movie that that'll keep you going yeah yeah absolutely or the three episodes that nothing is really have done on on press to play um, I think it's three. It might be four. Three episodes and press to play. That's 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 yeah. going above and beyond. Yeah. Okay. Which is, be- I mean, I, I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> which, considering, yeah, I, I can't honestly say that I've listened to it more than once, um, and I'm not going to listen to it again. Is um, is quite interesting. Uh, I'm all for reappraising, um, but. You know, once bitten. Fair enough. It's a funny album, but I'm not going to go into that detail now. Instead, funny weird if, or funny ha ha. Uh, yes. Good. Excellent. If Merry you Christmas. have gone away, <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Have a great one. Uh, <laughs> if you have gone away and listened to any of our other episodes, uh, it would be nice if you got in touch with us oh, and gosh, let us on. know about what you thought. Oh, the smoothness of the links remains unparalleled. <laughs> so <laughs> you can really get a hold of us by email. We are Beatlesstuffology at gmail.com. We are still hanging around in the absolute cesspool that is Twitter. Uh, we are Beatle, at Beatles underscore ology. Uh, and we are Beatlesstuffology on Instagram. Uh, you can find my blog at www.jgmacquarie.com. Scott, and also please check out my other podcast, Talking Trek to You, where Anoop and the apparent expert in the room, which would be my good self, go through the original Star Trek series episode by episode. Please like, rate, and review us on whatever podcatcher you're using uh, so that my people can find the show. It's always nice to get a little rating, so we'd really appreciate a couple of stars from me. That would be just lovely. Next episode, it's Honey Don't. And as always, we hope you're going to join us for it. But... Until then, keep listening.